Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Good morning. Did that remind you of Jingle Bells? So uh, happy to be here this morning. Looking forward to preaching. Hey, by the way, I want to give kudos to Pastor Mike. Uh, The last five weeks, our sermon series on the five trees. Um, uh, Awesome sermon series. Uh, Thanks so much. Let's give this guy a hand, right? Great job. I love hearing about vision, and uh, there's uh, such a great sermon series and uh, we're blessed here with, uh, at our church with our awesome worship and our, and our preaching. And it's just going to go downhill today. So <laughs> anyways, uh, really excited to preach into our new uh, sermon st- series, uh, The Story That Stills Our Fears. Do you guys know that it's actually 21 days till Christmas? <laughs> wow, that was hurting, guys. Come on. Okay, so 21 days till Christmas. Wow, who's, who's nervous about Christmas? It sounds like there's a lot of nervousness or, or something happening here. Uh, how, many of you, how many of you are done Christmas shopping? Put up your hand. Okay, a few of you, more grandparents and parents, so I see some. Wow, how many of you are, uh, you know, still like, you, you'll be done on the 24th? Put up your hand. All right. Okay, so, so that explains the low amount of excitement for Christmas. Well, I'm excited for Christmas. I always look forward to, uh, to, to give gifts, to receive gifts, but most importantly, to celebrate uh, Jesus' birth. Emmanuel, God is with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for everything. We thank you that you are with us, that you love us, We thank you for coming to earth to seek and save the lost. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'd be with me. Lord, that you'd speak through me. Lord, that you'd open up our hearts for what you want our people to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the story that steals our fears. At every turning point throughout the Christmas story, an angel appears. And this angel says, do not be what? Do not be afraid. And the special Christmas story speaks to our human fears so evidently. People of our time could really use a Gabriel or a messenger from God once in a while, or even a daily reminder, do not be afraid. Who would agree with that statement? How many of you could use an angel or a messenger from God just saying, hey, everything's gonna be okay. Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. Christmas time brings so many feelings, doesn't it? For, for most of us, it brings feelings of, of warm hope. And for some, it could be a very difficult time. It makes me think of eggnog, which I don't really like anymore since I was a kid, or, or hot apple cider, Christmas trees, decorating. I know my, my wife, my wife on uh, November 12th every year, the day after Remembrance Day, Trevor, let's go get the decorations we're setting up. We've been decorated since uh, December 12th. Did anybody beat, beat uh, the Finstads uh, for, for decorating? 
All right, all right, all right. I heard by somebody that they decorate at summer, which is really crazy. That is, I want to go to their house though. It must be pretty awesome. You know, it makes us think of hot apple cider, fires, family, world junior hockey tournament. Yeah, that's right. I get some guys who are, who are uh, awake now. Turkey, we sing about hope, we sing about peace, joy, and love as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But as we dig deeper into the, the Christmas story, we actually notice a fair bit of fear. And sadly for, for many, fear can be a common emotion. And it comes to us at the worst times, doesn't it? When we have to make hard decisions, when difficult things happen, things out of our control happen. Fear can creep its ugly head and affect us and hurt us emotionally. And good news today is that the Bible actually says a lot about fear, which is uh, comforting. And let's ask this question. If an angel appeared to you, how would you feel? If an angel appeared to you, how would you feel? If that happened, there's a good chance I'd be afraid. There's a good chance I would probably ask myself, did I have bad pizza last night? Did, did Pete deliver pizza and it was like four days old? You know, bad pizza gives you kind of bad nightmares, doesn't it? But in the Christmas story, fear was always followed by assurance and encouragement. Can everybody say assurance and encouragement? Assurance and encouragement. And this morning we're going to dive into the book of Luke, which is mostly about Jesus, but the name Jesus doesn't actually occur till verse 31. And Jesus himself is not born till well into chapter 2. Luke's going to tell us about the miraculous uh, pregnancy. He's going to tell us about Jesus' uh, extraordinary birth story. But Luke needs to prepare our hearts and our minds for what is to come. So what does he start with? He starts with the story about a couple who are going to have a baby, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And what do these two have to do with the Christmas story? And honestly, um, even talking to Pastor Mike about this, have, I've never heard a sermon on Zechariah and Elizabeth. So uh, I have nothing to compare it to, so hopefully this morning I can bring it justice, all right? So if everybody can uh, get your Bibles, and I want you to turn to uh, Luke chapter 1, all right? And we're going we're gonna to do a fair bit of reading today, okay? And it's not going to be on the screen, so if you have your phone, don't text, okay? So if you see somebody texting or checking football NFL scores, you give them a nudge and an elbow in the stomach, okay? Not too hard. Unless you're Chantel, okay? If Clay, you know. All right, so let's read. And I forgot my good Bible today, which has bigger writings, so. Um, if I start reading from Revelations, you let me know, okay? So let's read from verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division. And I'm going to skip that word. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. So what does it say about this couple? That they were righteous. They lived uh, life blamelessly. 
But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years, which means they were a fair bit older. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according, according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when this time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is where it gets good, all right? standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, what? Do not be afraid. You guys are with me. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he is never to drink wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will, will, uh, will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn their hearts and fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Big plans for this boy. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along the years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been able to send, been sent to you to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Just imagine what's going on here. Comes out of the temple, he's unable to speak. What was his reaction? I want you guys to think about this, because you can win a prize in a bit, okay? When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Scripture preaches itself, doesn't it? It's a really great scripture, a scripture that I haven't spent a lot of time in. Here we're introduced to Zechariah, who is a Jewish priest. And he was, get this, he was the first one to know about God's plan and that it was going into motion. Pretty significant. Here's a devout, faithful couple, and they were well suited for what was going to happen, what was in store. They were righteous in the eyes of God and followed all his commands. And this, is, this alone is actually pretty amazing. If you were written in the Bible, uh, if you were written about in the Bible, uh, for them to say he was righteous, they were righteous in, in the eyes of God, that means they were great people. The scripture starts with some drama. Any people like drama here? Any people? Oh, Roxy.
I shouldn't be surprised. No, I'm just kidding. Love, Roxy. Christmas always has some sort of drama, doesn't it? If you think back at Christmases, we think about uh, being with family. Drama always seems to happen, right? And I'm sure you guys can come up here and, and tell, tell us what kind of drama you've had at Christmas, but I'm the one with the mic, so I'll share two quick stories about Christmas drama in the Finstad house. Last year, I was cutting the turkey in our, in our small, uh, small place in, uh, on, on Queens, and uh, we, had our, my, we had my in-laws over. So every time with family, I love my in-laws. It gets a little bit stressful. I'm cutting the turkey and had it all sliced, all nice. And I was pretty, pretty proud of it. And what happened? It slipped out of my hands and all the turkey went all over the floor. Yeah. Um, my spouse wasn't too happy with me that day. My family wasn't too happy with me that day. I wasn't too happy with me that day. And on and on and on. The biggest faux pas of all, it wasn't like, hey, the turkey fell on the floor. We can just, you know, let's put in a new one. Uh, you know, it'll only take an hour. No, it takes like 50 hours to, cut, to make a turkey. <laughs> so some stuff hit the fan and... Um, and we decide to eat it anyway. We kind of brush it off, and uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a glorious sight. And, and if you know me and spend a lot of time with me, I do a lot of like, things that I just don't think, and I make a lot of mistakes, um, go goofy ones. Like there's like boxes at like, um, a display or something at a grocery store or, or, or sport check of, of, of shoe boxes, and I'm the one who walks into them, and I don't know why, um, it's just me. I remember going to our grandparents' house in New West, in New Westminster, and they lived in this older house. We'd go there for Christmas, and one thing about my grandma, she, uh, my, my grandparents met uh, during the war. Um, my, my grandma was from Holland, and so uh, she had a very strong Dutch accent, which sounded like she was mad a whole lot of times. <laughs> And I remember Christmas Eve, I'd get so excited about Christmas. I'd get so excited about, about um, you know, taking a look at the stockings and opening it up. And, and uh, downstairs, my brother and I would, would, would sleep. And on the, on the, uh, behind the door, there was this poster. It gave, it gave me the creeps all the time, but it also was like, hey, that's kind of cool. There was a poster of a toilet. It was a poster of it, no word of a lie, I'm not lying to you. Uh, my parents will be watching, um, so I can't, I can't lie here, right? So um, there's, a pit, there's a poster of a toilet, and it's not just a toilet, but there's two hands sticking out of the toilet, and it's a, it's a, it was a child, and it didn't show the child's face. And I remember this, this poster would, would freak me out all the time, and so we stayed in this, we stayed in my grandparents' house, and uh, they would never go downstairs unless probably like just a... Uh, do the laundry and stuff like that. And um, so I remember Christmas Eve, it's early, early, early in the morning, around one or two, and I went to go, I went to, uh, to go on the hunt for, for this, uh, for my stocking and see what kind of gifts I, I was getting. And so uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I creep by, or like went by the, 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 the creepy poster with the kid in the toilet and opened the door, and I went up, and I, I, I was walking up these steps, which were even, you know, worse than some of the stairs in, in this building. And 
uh, walked up and I was, I was near the promised land. I was near the promised land. Here I was, I was so close to the living room and not fully realizing that my grandma was sleeping on the couch. And she thought I was a robber. And she yelled and screamed and I said, Grandma, it's just me. Get to bed, right? And uh, yeah, those were freaky times in New Westminster. Christmas family drama, am I right? I would love to hear some of your guys' stories. I'm sure there's better stories than the ones I just shared. Um, I think it's good for us to laugh in church, isn't it? It's good for us to have a, have a fun time in church. But we think about some really like funny like Christmas movies. If we think about them, we think of like Elf where this, where this elf is looking for his father, right? And he thinks he's an actual elf and... We think about um, Kevin who gets left behind not only once, but what are we at now? Probably like three or four times you think the parents, six? Wow, that's, yeah. yeah like you think they would learn by now, right? And um, I watched one where, where there was uh, this couple, uh, this couple, they have to go to four different sets of parents. They hate Christmas with their parents because uh, it's, it's so um, awkward and it's full of dysfunction and they go to these uh, four sets of parents because of remarriage and all that stuff and uh, yeah, it's just full of driving, fighting and, uh, and where's the popcorn, right? You're just, you're just eating it up because, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to watch and you're just glad that, that I have a normal, you know, my, my uh, journey is a little bit more normal. So, let's get back to some real-life drama. Uh, Here's this fabulous couple who were past their childbearing age. And, uh, by the way, women who are unable to have uh, children were mocked back then, am I right? And there's, there's also this comedic encounter, almost comedic encounter, between a very aged uh, Zechariah and the angel Gabriel to tell him he was about to have a child. We see him startle. We see there's confusion. There's a lack of faith. He's gripped with fear. He's told that the long-awaited son who was to be born would actually fulfill a biblical promises, a big biblical promise of God that's sending someone to prepare Israel for the coming divine visitation. Who was who? Jesus. Yahweh. Could you imagine you are going to have this long-awaited son, one that you had prayed for for years? Put yourself in his boots, in his shoes or sandals. It wouldn't just be a regular boy, but someone who, who God had massive plans for. Plus, you're informed about God's big plan that was now going into motion. Scripture had foretold that the prophet Elijah would return one day to get the people ready for God's arrival. Here Gabriel is telling Zechariah that this would be his son, John's task, John the Baptist. Wow, could you imagine? How would you react if you were Zechariah? Zechariah, one day while on duty, he receives this unexpected blessing. He casts lots to see who would go in the temple. To, to enter the holy place to offer incense. He decides, or he, he's decided that this opportunity, he's decided this opportunity, and it was by chance 
but really it was a part of God's plan. To his surprise and terror, he's found face to face with an angel. He's found face to face with an angel, but as he's doing this regular service, an encounter with an angel occurs. And what does the angels, what are the angels' first words? Do not be afraid. This is a theme for our mess, our series this month. And he continues to deliver a message. And it sounded too good to be true. How many of you have received a message too good to be true? How many of you have received a message that is too good to be true? How many, how many of you have also won a million dollars from the publisher's clearinghouse, <laughs> right? I remember I always had these thoughts. I was telling the youth the, 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 uh, the story a few weeks ago, but I don't know if you ever had this dream of like, oh, we're, you know, imagine what it would be like to have long lost relatives uh, give you um, just one day you would just receive money. From, from somebody you didn't even know. Has anybody ever had that thought as a kid or whatever? Yeah? Well, we had, we, like, Kim and I, like, you know, we, we both had that kind of thought. What, man, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? I've heard of it before. And one day it actually happened to us where, where somebody we didn't know, it was just, uh, you know, we ended up getting uh, a, a check from, from uh, uh, a relative that Kim hadn't met just out of the blue. And uh, that was, that was, uh, that was a nice, a nice, uh, nice gift for sure. But Publishers Clearinghouse, I remember the first time, I, did, I had no idea who they were. I'm like, they're going to they're give me money. This is exciting. Yeah, didn't turn out well. Zechariah's first reaction to the news was, how can I be sure of this? His excuses and his lack of faith kick in, even though he, he was known as somebody that followed God. Here's a man who is said to be righteous. I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Guys, even if that's true, don't say that, okay? <laughs> my wife is well along in years. Don't say that. Knowing me, I would probably say that. He needed a sign, something to show him to believe, and he's given one. But it also comes across as, as a punishment. And out of all punishments, I think this would be the worst for me. He's told that, uh, or he's, he's punished, and he's speechless. Literally speechless. He's struck speechless. What would your worst punishment be? I think speechless would be tough. Am I right? Looking around the room a little bit. I, I could see some, some guys here that that would, that would hurt. Um, but when he comes out of the temple, he couldn't speak. And the crowd realizes he's seen a vision. He keeps on making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Now, just imagine this. Now, I love the game reverse charades. And, and uh, we've done this at youth a few times. Reverse charades, normal charades, are, there's two people, and they're given a word, and they, they've got to try to uh, get uh, their, their team to, to guess what the word is. Well, in reverse charades, we have two people stand up. I'm going to be the person, okay? And you guys are going to be uh, the reverse charades. So what I want you to do, and that's why it's called reverse charades, is what I want you to do is I want you to give me the best impression, and you can win a prize, of, of how it would have been like for Zechariah to come out of the temple. Are you guys ready? No? 
Come on, Broxy, I'm counting on you, okay? Are you guys ready? What would it be like? I've got, I've got, a, a, I've got a prize here for, uh, for the winner. So ready? Are you guys ready? What would it be like? Go. There's somebody, is that Emily in the back? She's going like this. Was that just a normal? You won. Come on up here. Okay, you can get it after. Good job, Emily. Good job. She won, she won our uh, sticker package from our church. And, uh, and Pastor Mike's uh, five tree sermon on cassette. All right. You know, the Bible is quite humorous and it's okay to laugh when, when you're reading, when you're reading, uh, reading the Bible, it's okay to laugh. And according to the NLT at the end of the account, and I love this and I'll talk about it a little bit, but Elizabeth was so joyful. Could you imagine this? He comes home, Zechariah comes home and he's like, he goes to Zechariah and he's like, And then he probably says something like Merry Christmas and then gives a, like, you know, they kiss each other and um, have a baby. I won't get into that much more. This was a miracle for her and God had answered her prayer. Three ways this morning how Jesus stills our fears and I'm gonna try to wrap it up here. Not too soon, okay? The first way Jesus stills our fears is that he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers, church, friend. Verse 13, he says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. I know if that was said to me, I'd be like, man, I've prayed a lot. I've prayed a lot. I, w- I wonder what, what, what prayer, you know, like uh, what, what, kind of, what kind of prayer? That I'd have a good sleep or uh, that I can clear my mind or that I was gonna have a baby or, or that I'd win a million dollars or something towards that line. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Right after Gabriel said, do not be afraid, he says, your prayer has been heard. This should be a comfort to us, church, that our prayers are heard. Let's think of our top prayer right now. Our top prayer. What's something that's percolating in our heart? Something that's deep down in our heart? What, what, what's, what's something that's heavy on your heart today? I want you to think about this. I want to say that Jesus hears our prayer today. I matter, you matter, we matter, our church matters. Some of us in the past few weeks, months, this morning even, have been facing some pretty difficult situations. It could have to do with fa- uh, finances. It could have to do with, with uh, family. It could have to do with maybe recent loss, loneliness, dealing with some of our bad decisions. Maybe your van won't start this morning because of the cold like mine. And throughout the next few weeks, I encourage you 
to let Jesus speak to your heart, that he hears your prayers. And as you process the words that will be spoken, that the Christmas story is all about Jesus and how he came to seek and save the lost like you and I. We all think about, you know, the doubt of us, unanswered prayers. And a lot of times in life, we get so discouraged about unanswered prayers, don't we? But maybe it's not time yet. And this passage is a great reminder to remain faithful because he is faithful. Our third tree, remember that? That God answers prayer in his way, in his time. Some of us here have impossible situations. And Jesus knows your prayers. Where you have no way to make something happen unless God takes over. And if that's you this morning, there's hope. I've been there. I occasionally feel that at times. And he's worked in those impossible situations. Elizabeth's age and barrenness to bring about the fulfillment of all the prophecies concerning the Messiah. If we want to have our prayers answered, we must be open to what God can do in impossible situations and wait for God to work in his way and his time. Some of us today are facing big, impossible, giant fears in our life. But remember that Jesus can do the miraculous. He can do the impossible. Do I hear amen? It's also a reminder that throughout the word, that God works throughout ordinary people like you and I. That God can work through ordinary people like you and I, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, normal people. But Jesus can even work with those who struggle with faith at times, like Zechariah. Who, me? My wife and I are old. No, we can't have kids. In all, at all stages in life, we all have moments of doubt and we need to remember that it doesn't discredit us. God can't flow through me. I'm this, I'm that. We can have so many excuses, but Jesus can use you to do great things. N.T. Wright states, it is about the great fulfillment of God's promises and purposes, but the needs, the hopes, and fears of ordinary people are not forgotten in the larger story precisely because of who Israel's God is, the God of lavish. Okay, let's think about these words. The God of lavish, self-giving love. As Luke will tell us in so many ways throughout the gospel, when this God acts on the larger scale, he takes care of the smaller human concerns as well. I love that. He's concerned for us. He knows our prayers. He hears our prayers. And he cares for us. Second way Jesus stills our fears is that he still works in us through our doubts and fears. Verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. And my wife is well along the years. And when he, told, when he was told he would have a son, Zechariah doubted the angel's word. From human perspective, his doubts were understandable, am I right? They were at an older age. 
But with Jesus, everything is possible. What God promises, God delivers. And when we, have com- we can have complete confidence in today that God is with us and he'll take care of us. If you're waiting for God to answer a prayer, remain patient and keep on giving it to Jesus. He hears our prayer. You know, feelings of anxiety and fear often come during crossroads in our life, am I right? Normally, when we're uncertain about what the future holds for us, we may also feel times of questioning our self-worth and focus on things that we aren't, and which leads us to times that we just feel defeated in life. Emotions can run high for us, which are often dictated by fear, and then our reactions often lead us to make poor decisions. What happens when you are at, the we- at your weakest? What happens internally, personally, when you are at your weakest? I've come to realize about myself over the last while that I, I become very short, not in stature, but I become short and more direct. And normally I can, I can process my thoughts and articulate grace, but I find it really difficult when I feel anxious and fearful or discouraged, which does happen. And it's good to realize, it's good to realize what happens to you in those times so you can, so you can look at, for, for ways, at ways saying, okay, I'm feeling that right now. I need to maybe take, take a step back. Let's give two, th- two seconds just to think about it. Just give two seconds to think about what happens internally. How do you react when you are feeling stressed or nervous, uh, fearful? What happens to you internally? And if you can't think of anything, just, just ask your spouse what happens. I heard a quote that our hope isn't in odds. Our hope is in God which reiterates that we could stand firm in God's word and our hope in him. Do you remember the story of Gideon? Here he was, he's hiding. He encounters an angel, and what does, the, what, what does the angel say? The Lord is with you, and he calls him something. Mighty warrior, not, hey, you wimp. He says, mighty warrior. We don't always feel like mighty warriors, do we, at times? He's not able to realize that he is having this amazing encounter. He, he still acts out of doubt and God still shows up and that he is with him to do something great. It's a great reminder that even when we feel doubt and fear, we need to rely on God's strength. Promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's remember that our self-worth doesn't come from our own thoughts. It comes from Jesus. And that's, let's remember that we are actually the pinnacle of his creation. That we are made in God's image. That we can draw, that we can draw our worth, that we are children of God. We are his kids. You are a child of God this morning. And Jesus, the God we serve, is magnificent. The third way Jesus stills our fears, and in closing, if we can have the band come up, 
is that, is that he cares for your needs. I love the end of this, this scripture. Verse 25, it says, he cares, so he cares for our needs is the point. The Lord has done this for me, she said. This is Elizabeth. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. The NLT says how kind the Lord is. Let's remember that. Our God is kind. He cares for us, loves us. The message, when the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home, Zechariah. It wasn't long before his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. So this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition, she said. Even though Elizabeth wasn't directly involved in the encounter with the angel, she was directly involved with the gift of a son. A child she had prayed for for years. Jesus stills our fears by hearing your prayers. He hears you. He still can work through your doubts and your fears this morning because if you're anybody, if you're anything, anybody like me, I still have doubts. I still have fears. I wish I didn't. I wish I, I, wish I could come up here and, and, and say differently. But it's not true. He can still work through our doubts and our fears. And he cares for your needs. He cares for the things that you are going through. He cares for your well-being. some of us here have pretty substantial needs. Could be shelter. Could be something to do with family. Could be finances. It could be physical health. Could be loneliness. It could be emotional health. church. I love, I love uh, the times that we have of prayer. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've had a, a prayer team, and I just want to encourage you guys just to come forward, pastors as well. And we just want to spend some time with you guys. We believe that, you know, as, as, um, as preparing for this message, I woke up pretty uneasy this morning. I didn't, I didn't know why, but I believe that God's speaking to the hearts of many people. There's some pretty Goliath fears, some Goliath things that are going on, Goliath-sized fears, I should say. Some of you are in certain places, and Jesus wants you just to encounter him this morning. If that's you, if you just want to come forward and receive prayer, or just, or just pray from your seat. Let's just have a moment of just, of just quiet and spending time with our Father in heaven because we are God's kids. Hope that comes. Have a great, great Sunday afternoon. Stay safe outside. Enjoy the beautiful weather. 
Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. 